0: Hey everyone, it is great to be with you once again. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Dig A Little Deeper. Dig A Little Deeper. Hey, first thing we want to do today is just give some shout out to some people who've given us feedback. So really appreciate you, Pastors Leon and Vanessa Druce. Giving us some really encouraging feedback. Very yeah. encouraging. We really appreciate that.
1: And also
0: shout out to
1: Robbo, to Josh, slaving away up at uh, St. Vinny's, Locky N. and
0: Louisa. Uh, Louisa, you know who you are. And and to the masses. All oh, the, the masses. The masses that have been coming the in. We that appreciate the masses. Oh, we do.
1: But honestly, we do. We've been, it's been kind of overwhelming, actually. It's been really well received and it's so encouraging to see um, some great feedback coming through.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I mean... All five of you are just amazing. A <laughs> <No. laughs> few, few more than five. That's right. And if we haven't mentioned your name, that's okay. We'll try and do shout outs as we go through. But uh, just wanted to give you some feedback that your feedback is actually it's really good helping feedback. us. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. And of course, we are, with the whole podcast, we're just on a journey. Hey, mm. we're trying to be on a journey, having fun on the journey, having a giggle on the way through. Um, there's got to be grace for exploration. I think that's been one of our key value points, what we really want to achieve in the podcast and hope that we're given by our, um, by our people that are with us. Um, there's got to be wriggle room. For us to explore and to delve a bit deeper or a bit differently, look at different aspects, look at different facets, look at what other people believe without being threatened by that, because it all tempers our experience and our revelation. And that's what we're aiming at.
1: Absolutely. And I think. Yeah, it's been a well, great experience. You just experience. went to swear
0: jar this early. Oh, did I? Oh, absolutely, I did. I did. Absolutely. There we that's go. That's twice. That's twice. That's 10 you bucks. You said it once there as well. Oh, I did. That's Some 15 bucks. For me. Tell you what, um, right. our Christmas fund's going to be looking really yeah. healthy.
1: <laughs> but I think uh, that that first couple of podcasts, just so foundational about how it's okay to disagree. and, um, yeah. and but, but what I've found as we've gone through on this journey ourselves, because like you said, this is a journey – not just for people listening, but for (laughs) us as well. Like, um, it's just, everything's gotten so much broader. I don't Mm -hmm. think I've really changed a lot of thinking in the sense it's just everything's become broader, um, which I think is a really cool thing.
0: So yeah, well that's what we're aiming at. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and I think too, keying this podcast back into those initial couple that we did, trying to set the stage of, um, you know, not needing to agree with everyone, maybe even taking that a step further, like us not needing to know that we're right about everything. Mm. You know, I think uh, I did just throw it offhand at one point that if you think you've got your doctrine all squared away your belief system about god that sort of means god fits in your head you know if 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 god can't operate outside of the parameters of what you really believe to be totally true. Um, you, you, we, we can actually either dumb God down in a sense, not that that's possible, but in our minds we do it. Um, we box God in and we make God smaller in that sense. And, uh, and that's, I don't think that's ever going to be helpful. So we've tried to have this sense of, hey, you don't need to agree with everyone. And maybe taking it a step further, I don't need to be right. You know, I don't have to die on the hill of I've got it all together uh, because that in its sense, in in itself, is a bit ridiculous. It's a bit like saying God fits in my head. It's a bit ridiculous. But
1: we feel guilty, I think, when when we don't know the answer to someone. It's to oh, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, when we get put in a place where we feel like we don't have it all sorted yeah, out, we got a question yeah. and we don't know how to ask, we can feel guilty like, oh, I'm, yep. I'm such a bad Christian, I don't even know what what I believe. But... I guess it's okay. What what you're saying is it's okay yeah, yeah. to not understand everything. Yeah. It's okay to still have questions. Yeah, relax. And, you yeah. know, the best
0: answer to a difficult question if you don't know the answer is I don't know, I don't the, know answer. the answer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll try and talk to someone who does, or I'll you know I'll have a conversation and do a bit of research and get back to you. That's that's the honest, the only honest answer. Mm. Whereas often we, I think, particularly when feel it's pressure still, to, yeah defending yeah. our faith or sharing our faith, we feel pressured to have all the answers and. That's probably just not the real world. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, where
1: the power of leading with experience comes in. Look, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but my experience,
0: like, yeah, great. let
1: me tell you about my story. Yeah, hey, Come on. I was hopeless and now I'm full, you know, like whatever the <laughs> yeah, story yeah, is, you know, yeah. that's where the power. Look, I'm not sure about that question, but what I do know is that, man, I just used to be so, so down. Yeah. And couldn't see a future for myself and look where I am now.
0: Yep. Um, well, not every Christian is an expert apologist, but every Christian has a testimony. That's right. Yeah. And you know, ultimately, Scripture says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, oh. by what Jesus did on the cross, and by the word of their the testimony. Power of their testimony, yeah. yeah so, uh, so into today's episode. So, where are I we guess, heading? Well, we're wanting to connect back to that original thought of staying open. And so, if there was a title on today, it might be tongue speaker. Or truth seeker question mark.
1: Now you say that as <laughs> if they might be they were
0: mutually exclusive. Yeah, well look, it, I'm trying to bait us, you know, <laughs> obviously. And and because our experience is Pentecostal, yours might not be as you listen along. And that's okay. All the because- Pentecostals just
1: raise their fists up <laughs> when you're have- <laughs> hey, I hope you're still with us, Pentecostals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay, please.
0: Um you know, Obviously that's worded like they are mutually exclusive, Mm. um, but that's not what we want. And even if the experience, you could replace tongue speaker with Bible believer, you could replace it with a lot of labels. But the concept is that sometimes we can become so ingrained in our initial experience or our initial indoctrination in whatever environment that might have happened in, that um we're actually closed to everything else and often i think young christians you know they're warned off so many things i will like, mm. oh, be careful of that but like when i became a christian in the mid 80s it was new age the whole new age thing it was just all about new age new yeah. age new age now we've got christians doing yoga you know and, yeah. and that would have been in the mid 80s that would have been seen as like a capitulation to the beast itself you know um and uh, and yeah, so I, they I kind
1: guess. of warned off it. I would say just an interesting observation I've had, you know, experiencing a lot of new Christians coming to church, mm. and every church has got interesting characters <laughs> who do interesting things. But it's funny how. New Christians, it's almost like there's this grace for not being led down the wrong path. Like yeah. they can kind of recognize, okay, that person, they believe everything a little bit different to you. You know, yeah, yeah. that person who accused me of something or had a go at me or something, they're, yeah. they're different to everyone else.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because what I've noticed over the years in the whole discipleship process is that, you know, God, the Holy Spirit, is so able Mm. to track with someone's life, meet them where they're at, get them where they need to be. You know, they have an experience with Christ and then all of a sudden often the church, you know, and by that I'm saying generally Christians around them are often like, it's okay, God, we've got it from here. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) we'll sort it (laughs) out. (laughs) Because this person's got issues, don't you realize? And it's like, I think God must sometimes just be thinking, you know what? I have been tracking with them a lot longer than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would not even be a, among you right now, if I hadn't got them there, so could you just trust me? We, we start trying to tidy them up for God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and of course we do have a responsibility to nurture faith and to and to speak truth in love and all mm. of those things, lay foundations. That's all very very critical. But also, I think we do need to chillax a bit around knowing yeah. that God actually has got this, mm. and um, and let people find their way a bit with grace and humility. And, um, and and definitely try and steer them off the obvious landmines and rocks yeah. that they might come across. But somewhere in amongst that, if we're not careful, we ingrain in people almost a fear of anything else. Mm. Um, it's like anything that doesn't look exactly like us must be wrong.
1: Right. We get so embedded in our own experience.
0: Yeah, that's it. And um, uh, and so I do think tr- tongue speaker versus truth speaker or Tongue speaker or truth seeker, they shouldn't be mutually exclusive, but sometimes they are. Um, Bible believer, someone who's really proud to hang the Bible badge on, you know, uh, does not necessarily mean you're a truth seeker. You know, mm. you can close up to truth and you can grasp your own version of the truth so tightly that any alteration to it is is a threat and to be dealt with, you know, harshly. Often,
1: and by, by Bible believer, I guess you're saying maybe potentially someone who takes it just literally, word like word for word. This is how it is. Yeah. So yeah, any yeah. kind of thought of oh, maybe this is a little bit, you know, maybe there's some
0: historical Look, context I, there. Yeah. Or. If I wanted to be really harsh, I'd go further than that than just a literalist. I, I'd sort of go to the point where almost the Bible has replaced Christ. Okay. It's a worship of Scripture over a worship of the Living Word. Mm. And there is a difference, by yeah. the way. You know. And
1: so that's one of those things you can get ingrained
0: because yeah, maybe yeah. some
1: people are ingrained. Well look, in- my
0: you know, my salvation experience was as a young guy that was, you know, and I often say lost and broken, blah, blah, blah. But I was just the typical young Aussie guy at that time. Um, you know, from leaving school in nineteen seventy-nine, starting a trade at fifteen years of age, finding myself in the world of men. Um, and so everything that went with that, you know, uh, the, the alcohol and the girls and the parties and the blah, blah, blah. And after six years of that, it wasn't delivering what it had promised. The reward, the experience, the, you know, the, the pride of life and the lust of the flesh and all of those things weren't really delivering. And so when I came to Christ, it was basically through critical thinking. It was, it was the Holy Spirit convicting me to stop and think about the trajectory of your life. Is this what you really want? Is this taking you where you want to end up? And to me, where it was taking me was probably, you know, down a track where I could envision myself being with the, you know, with several different life partners, with kids scattered all over the place, with a car wreck in the front yard and muddy dog door prints up the front door. That was probably where yeah. I was headed because I knew people like that. Yeah. And I was looking up to them. And you realize that's not where yeah i want to that's be that's not where i want to be and it certainly wasn't the home i was brought up in but somehow i'd got off on this parallel track so when i came to jesus it was probably through critically thinking of those experiences and i think for many of us if we had a later in life conversion experience then it it came from critical thinking it came from often the opposite of what people of faith can be accused of, which Mm -hmm. is being narrow-minded and small-minded. Actually, it was the opposite. It was breaking out of the cocoon of how life was meant to be and how my mates were doing it and how society seemed to be expecting me to do it and actually going down a far more radical path because following Jesus – back then, was quite radical, it's becoming even more so. Mm. So if you're a young believer, man, far from going, far from sheeple, <laughs> you are paddling your canoe upstream of a mighty river, and I take my hat off to you more, more than ever. Maybe that's why we're having these discussions too, to help people find their way.
1: And so your salvation experience, obviously, with a, a, a different kind of church that, than what you grew up with, yeah. How did that affect? Was it was it this experience of kind of getting really entrenched in this is the only way, and I'll aggressively defend it? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that critical nature didn't stop with with my worldly lifestyle, as in I'm I'm being critical of where this is taking me. I then brought that mindset and that paradigm into my Christian experience, and you know, obviously, I had a, an amazing. Pentecostal experience when when I first came to Christ so literally I prayed you know at the front of a church confessed I needed Jesus I didn't really know what any of that meant that was just what I knew people did to Mm. connect with God so I did that and within a couple of minutes um, so one of the elders in the church had had what the Bible calls a word of knowledge like the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said that young man needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit which was the Pentecostal experience in mm. our in our frame of thinking? I didn't know what that was. I'd never read about it. I had an inkling it was something to do with the kind of worship I'd been observing—people with their hands raised, people speaking in funny funny languages, etc. But um, you know, I'd gone back to my seat. It was the end of the meeting. Next minute, someone's tapping me on the shoulder. We'd like to pray for you, and I'm just like, okay. Yeah. You know, now <laughs> I drove in in my. XU One Tirana in my nightclub gear. That's yeah. what I went to church in because that was they were the only good clothes I had. And next minute, I got three people laying hands on me, praying for me, and within moments, I began to speak in other tongues—something mm. I'd never learned, I'd never conjured, I'd never particularly wanted—but all of a sudden, wow! Yeah. You know, so I had this incredibly powerful experience that launched me. Uh, into my Christian journey, but the critical paradigm remained, probably, and so we were right. I had found truth, and we were right, which sort of technically meant technically meant everyone else was wrong. Yeah. Um, and I did. It wasn't. And it wasn't a conscious choice. That's just what i did Mm. and so for example i mean for me because i'd had a catholic background now i need to be very very clear and fair i never engaged that you know i i was forced to go to church forced through church school to go to chapel services had one or two moments where i sort of thought there might be something in this but really it just didn't make sense to me so i ended up i was just angry with the Catholic system because I felt like they hadn't preached Christ clear enough in a way that I could understand, Mm. even though probably people around me were getting it, I wasn't. So I was sort of down on them for that. Like a lot of Pentecostal evangelical Christians were in the 80s at that time and might still be now, I'm not sure. But, you know, to me I was down on that. And then I was down on other Christians I was meeting, like evangelical Christians, because they hadn't had – the, the experience with the Holy Spirit right? that I deemed as authentic and which was very authentic and life-changing for me. But I was shocked when they labelled me, you know, they, some of them said I had a demon, some of them said yeah, I was swearing okay. in Chinese, yeah, all yeah. kinds of crazy stuff. And, um, and my Pentecostal experience had made me vibrant and dynamic and an outgoing witness and it, it the only flack it really drew, it wasn't from people outside of nightclubs where I used to go to witness. It was from Christians mm. who were like, you know, that's not an authentic experience. Don't you know the Holy Spirit, that all stopped in the first century stuff. And, and so I had this clash with – now these folk are a lot more open now. They've become a lot more quote-unquote charismatic. Um, but back then it was like battle lines drawn.
1: Oh, and I think you still see that in some ways today. And I guess it's probably a big – probably fair criticism the world has of the church. Christians.
0: Yeah. You can't even agree with yourselves. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and look, the fact it's is that like
1: we've got all the grace for an unbeliever, but if you're a believer who believes something different, we have
0: championed from from dot on the podcast. We've championed like you don't have to be right. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to agree with everyone. So, um uh the problem becomes and maybe part of why we're talking about this is when christians do it so overtly like i've got no problem if someone wants to argue with me let's get let's get a corner table and a coffee and let's let's talk, talk about i've it, yeah. got no problem with that when we're posting on social media and the church is firing shots at one another mm-hmm. or in the media or wherever, it's like, guys, this is not helping the cause of Christ. No, yeah. And so.
1: Is it that whole, isn't there that whole scripture? I, I'm trying to think where it is, where Jesus, I'm pretty sure it's Jesus. Talking about taking a brother to court? Yes, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah. it says yeah, that. Yeah.
0: Paul, no, Paul. Paul writing to the Corinthians is that's like, right. you guys are... It's like, are how s- dumb
1: do you look yeah, in the yeah, eyes you, of the world that you're suing each yeah, other in yeah. a public court? That's, that's <laughs> it.
0: You're so out of, out of whack and... Uh, so, yeah, let, let's get back to relaxing and allowing people to have a journey. There's got to be points of truth made and, mm. and whatnot. And, again, I think another helpful framework to revisit is that doctrine is is really no more than shared experience. When a group of Christians has a similar experience, that's why we'd identify ourselves as Pentecostal. Even though there's lots of variations within that probably our core experience is we, we believe the Holy Spirit works today the way that he did in the book of Acts mm. and that all those, that miraculous power, those experiences, the leading of the Spirit, uh, dynamic evangelism, all of that is possible because the Holy Spirit hasn't changed. Um, and and yet when we just entrench ourselves in and, and not allow room for others, I, I think these... That earliest experiences, those earliest experiences is the first time I ever realized that I could actually damage another Christian with my beliefs. Right. And I'll never forget, it it was a a guy, he was a Baptist guy, and uh, he was a bit keen. Uh, on the same girl I was, your mum, yeah. <laughs> Pastor Sue now. So we know who won. Yeah. But uh, he was a bit keen on her and was really worried she was dipping her toe into Pentecostal things. Mm. And um, and Cause his mum,
1: she was Baptist? In a she, Baptist no, she Church was Church of Christ, okay. Church of
0: Christ. And, um, and so uh, plenty of Pentecostal boys have found good wives in uh, <laughs> Church, Church of Christ youth groups <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and probably vice versa. But... Um, you know, I remember taking this guy on uh, at McDonald's downtown yeah. after church one night, taking my Bible in. But because most of us did carried mule choking Bibles around <laughs> with us. This was the 80s. <laughs> it was like shoulder pads, big hair. And if you're a Christian, a uh, big Bible, a too. Big mule choker. Everything was big in the 80s. <laughs> and so I remember taking it in and walking him through passages that he'd thrown at, at Sue. Walking him through and totally destroying his arguments and his assumptions he'd made, and you know, feeling incredibly victorious to have shot him down in flames, Mm. but then walking away. And I was a very young Christian, maybe maybe six months I'd been going, and um, walking away, realizing that was that's no victory at all. If I actually did not edify him, then I did not help him. I might have showed him some truth that he hadn't considered, but it didn't help him. Maybe he didn't get the revelation. No, I think he actually struggled in his faith after that because Mm. his faith had been built upon some of those very dogmatic statements and all of a sudden he had another point of view that – you know, really challenged that and shook it. And I think this happens a lot for people. And I think this is part of what's triggered the deconstruction movement, if we could put it that way. Not that I in any way want to associate with some elements of that that I think are unhealthy. But, but Christians searching, let's use the right term, to restore their faith Mm. to renovate their faith understand
1: it understand it
0: to chisel back the layers peel back the old paint and the old touch-ups and the old patches Mm. and see what was originally there so you know restoring a house that's got beautiful floorboards i mean we all know that it's like you, you buy the house because man i looked underneath and under that rotten carpet there's a nice floor and the first thing you do is tear out that old carpet and polish the floor and then your friends come around and go, that is absolutely beautiful, you know. And, and having an eye for that, I think our whole world is operating that way um, and right now I think the church needs to where we're like, can we, can we be secure enough with what we have believed, who we have believed, Secure, uh, secure enough to now peel back the layers. And I, I think that's what's triggered this is when Christians who've had these rigid assumptions and rigid doctrine, rigid stuff built around experience which was authentic mm. but then come in contact with stuff that challenges some of that, Yeah. even if it's just broadening it, it might not be contrary to it, but there's more. Mm. It can actually shake them and they go, hang on a sec, hang on a sec, maybe the picture I always had is not the full picture.
1: Yeah, I I heard a new term recently called logic bullying, um, which was a university lecture talking about how his students complained he was logic bullying them, Mm. which was in a sense just he could just keep using their logic and tying them in knots but not actually really changing what they believe, just frustrating them because they felt like we can't explain yeah. ourselves or yeah. there's no room to move. I just keep getting tied in knots. And I wonder if some of this movement towards, the, you know, those questions and stuff, and unfortunately some people taking it away from the church is because... They potentially just been logic bullied in Mm. the past, where it's I have a really genuine question about this, Mm. and someone just ties them in knots. Where well, well, this is this scripture and this scripture ties to this, and And the the person doesn't have enough understanding necessarily to, or even not not even understanding, just can't out logic the person having the conversation with, and they left feeling disheartened and like they weren't actually heard, and either that or they just get pat answers that. Yeah. And maybe the pastor heard once and thought, that's a great answer for me. Yep. But for this person, it's actually not yeah. and the a great answer. Is, or they've it, got more a different question.
0: Yeah, the problem being for us all, this is a common thing, that if we don't know how we arrived at the conclusion, we can't defend it. Hmm. So someone might be given a pat answer. So an inquiring young Christian, but what about this? Um, if, uh, if God is so good, why do bad things happen in the world? you know and if they're given a pat answer and not allowed to you know just ask questions that might be uncomfortable mm. that that might be like wow you know gee i hadn't thought of that if they're just given the pat answer even if they accept it and they load it in their sort of memory bank as okay now i know what i believe about that if then someone else questions their belief in it they can they cannot explain themselves. Yeah, and they can be outlogged very easily. Very yeah. easily. And then they get shaken because it's like, oh, I've always believed that but I don't even know why. And I think that's part of this process and, and why we want to be on this journey mm-hmm. in the podcast is this conversation I've, I've found as I've looked at some of the things I just took for granted and I've taken them off the shelf and I've pulled them apart and really begun to try and – restore some original image to them um i feel like i often do a big circle where i don't believe that anymore then i kind of believe that some more then oh and now i start to realize why i always believed it Mm, yeah come back round but you've come full circle and it's like now i might believe it i might hold that truth a little bit differently I certainly hold it looser now because I realise, wow, for years I didn't realise there was a lot more to that than what I thought. Mm. But now I'm holding it looser, which I tend to think is is more of a – there's more humility in holding truth a bit looser and then and we're not talking now about outright assaults on the faith or outright assaults on truth. I was going to
1: say holding it loose yeah. doesn't necessarily mean someone's going to snatch it from you really no, quickly. No, no, it's just no. yeah. It, it's
0: just like I am open that there could be more to this. Yeah. I'm just staying open whereas once upon a time maybe in my earlier journey it was just rigid dogmatic you know again the bible says it, i believe it, that settles it. And it's like, yeah, it's it's a good catchphrase. But in your actual life journey, it might not serve you well, mm. um, that, that kind of rigidity. And so uh, what I found, again, is this big circle where you come back to now I really believe this and I really know why I believe it. Mm. And therefore, if it comes up in debate or discussion or I'm questioned about it, I can actually explain. I can give a reason
1: mm. for the
0: faith that's in me. Yeah. Yeah this isn't just some rote learned thing that i told i needed the box to tick the box to belong this is what i am firmly convicted about
1: so yeah, and i frank. think that's
0: helpful but yeah that logic bullying thing that's a real that's a real thing hey
1: yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to like even my understanding of it but i, I know that feeling of being out and it's like okay i can't argue with the logic that you're giving me but at the same time you're not really changing what i believe it's like you've won the argument but actually it's not been i think that was a great way of putting it it's not it's not been edifying for me it's not been helpful for me Mm, it's mm. just made me unsure Mm. um or it's made me feel bad because i don't i I can't argue back so So i guess maybe the the jesus model of that like you you mentioned kind of before yeah yeah was what's your reading of that or going on the journey and helping someone kind of maybe join the dots for themselves rather than just saying, well, this is how it is.
0: Well, yeah, that classic rabbinic method was to actually answer a question with a question. Mm. And you see Jesus doing it all the time. We've touched on this in an earlier episode, um, which is like teasing the truth out of someone. Yeah. Like I think often Jesus would appear to me to be so much more secure with people coming to a knowledge of the truth than what we are. So we like to, um, you know, load it in our our shotgun and shoot them in the face with it kind of thing, whereas Jesus was far more willing, like we've touched in an earlier episode when he says, what does the Scripture say? What is your reading of it? Mm. And I think I said something like, as if the Son of God needed your reading of it, you know, but he was keenly interested. Mm. How do you see what the Scripture says? And now let's talk about that. Let's talk about what you really think. And um, and I think that's just a far longer term, more but, healthy way to disciple yeah. people.
1: I I can give a um, maybe an example. I don't know if this is helpful, if it just opens a can of worms. But I was, I was talking to someone about this <laughs> Hey, recently. we're all about cans, <laughs> <of> worms. cans <laughs> and worms. this might be a big one. Um, but I remember when we were in, in Taiwan and we were on the street and we are meeting people and I had a really interesting experience where um, we just used to play music and people would stop to listen and we'd have a chat. And I was talking to this guy and um, he was telling me about the church that he went to. It's like, oh, great, you go to church, that's great. And um, he was telling me he was on the worship team, he played electric guitar and stuff. And um, I, I um, for some reason I felt like I should ask him, is he a Christian? Which I was like, this is a weird question to ask someone who's mm. going to church on the worship." Anyway, I asked him, you a Christian? He said, no. I said, oh, why not? And he said, oh, I haven't been baptized yet. Um, and I was mm. like, Oh, okay. Um, I was like, but but you love Jesus. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Jesus. I read my Bible and I'm always praying, and God's so helpful. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it's like obviously they've got this belief that yeah, you know yeah. you have to be baptized to yeah. to go to heaven, kind of thing. Um, but I didn't I didn't say, well, that's wrong. I mm. did say, Oh, what about a thief on the cross? <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. and but but looking at it now, it's like uh, maybe I was a bit tongue in cheek then. But mm. but you know maybe it it in in he was kind of like oh yeah I don't know I've never really thought about that mm. and it's like all right well be a good thing to go away and think about mm. and maybe he comes back with the conclusion of which which I would not agree with that. Um, you know, it's this thing uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, you have to be outside. So that's your ticket into heaven or whatever. But, you mm. know, maybe he comes back. I know there's discussions about, well, technically yeah. it was still old government. The yeah, government. Yeah, Jeez, yeah. Hadn't all died. There's all yeah. that stuff. Mm. But I can see what you mean. It's like he either went away and really understood a lot deeper why he held the belief that he did, mm. or he went away and came back with a, actually, maybe maybe yeah. I should look at this a little bit differently. Yeah. Rather than force-feeding, this is how you should believe and here's yeah, the proof yeah, for yeah. it.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, like even when you talk about that, and I have no idea what his religious background was or his association, but um, it's funny, I, I've noticed in our Pentecostal circles at least that we've always been big on getting people to confess their faith, what we'd call the sinner's prayer, which we've discussed in a previous episode. But what we've actually unwittingly done at times through that, I think, is remove people's actual biblical response to faith, which is to be baptized. Mm. Now, it was different in an early church. A lot of the stuff we see in Acts, it's a Jewish background church. So baptism was very, you know, very... um, Common, it was you know whenever they entered in, they entered into like what we'd call a uh, recommitment of some kind. They'd mm. be baptised, etc. Of different ceremony and ritual, ritual. Washings, but they were familiar with the concept. But really, when you look at the New Testament, like the real response to faith
1: was getting baptized. Is get yeah.
0: baptized. Whereas sometimes in church systems, it becomes you no, know, you you know, you become a believer and then you get your life together enough yeah to get yeah. baptized. And it's the cart before the horse. It's like, well, hang on, if we if we actually believe mm. what Paul says about baptism, I think it's Colossians three, um that it's not an outward circumcision but a circumcision of the heart. So a stripping away of the flesh, a destruction of the flesh to, re- to, re- to reveal our fruitfulness to God. Um, then wouldn't that be the first thing you want a new believer yeah, to do? Yeah, you know, yeah. to, let's get this journey underway, man. Let's get you and baptized. Th- and
1: that's what we had. And not to enter too much into the baptism thing here, but th- that was definitely the culture we had in our church in Taiwan. It mm. was like made a decision. It's great. When are you getting baptized? Yeah. Like as an outward yeah. expression of yeah. what, what you believe. Um, but I guess they were on the extreme of baptism is salvation yeah. where it's like, well, I don't know if I would. And I guess this is where we're talking about wiggle room. It's like, well, yeah, I don't know yeah. if I'd go to that extreme. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say baptism is salvation, but yeah. I understand the argument of if yeah. you've got faith, why wouldn't you want to be baptized? Yeah, yeah. That should be the, yeah. the logical next step. Yeah. And I agree. It should be. Yeah. And we've had some people actually within our church like that recently. Which yeah. yeah, I believe. And then, within a month, it's like, yeah, I want to be baptized. Yeah. Like
0: that's, yeah. that's my response to well, faith. Well, I think it's become healthier for us and maybe this is getting off track into church stuff. But
1: I, but I guess what I'm trying to say yeah. here is uh, like there's this, there's the wiggle room there to yeah, kind of feel yeah. like, yeah, things yeah. are a little different. And also it's like when someone says something that, you know, it, it, for me, if he thinks that baptism is salvation, I think that's, you know, to me, I'm like, that's wrong. But yeah, yeah. how I express that is, is yeah, very c- important. It's critical.
0: And, you know, do again, Christians love to, to throw out, speak the truth in love. Generally, when people quote that, they're focusing on speak the truth, not yeah. in love. Well, and, 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 and you can uh,
1: speak the truth and be kind. Yes, absolutely. You don't (laughs) even have to be loving. Love is one extreme. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Truth is like, yeah, well, he's an idiot, and that's the truth. It might be the
0: truth, but it's not kind. (laughs) Some of the YouTube stuff that pops up, because I watch church stuff, and then you get people and they're taking on other ministries and taking them down. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it's American or whatever, but everyone gets showered in it anyway. But honestly, it's just like, okay. Number one, putting it out in the public space like that, I don't think necessarily healthy. But number two, could you actually even just act a little bit gracious in mm. in what you're saying? Yeah. You know, some of the the venom that you see, it's like, wow, you're wanting me to question their salvation experience, but listening to you, buddy, even if you've got your Bible right, mm. I'm beginning to doubt yours because we've got to remember, I mean, this was, the, this was the Pharisees, the bulk of them in Jesus' day. Mm. You search the scriptures because in them you think you have life mm. and they didn't have it. Life, the son of God, the, the Christ was standing in front of them and they didn't recognize him. Mm. because they had their Bibles together and that was what was important to them and I'm not trying to downplay the importance of no. getting our scripture right I'm just saying you can get it right and get God wrong all at the same time
1: Well let's talk about being a disciple so maybe a pl- good place to end this <laughs> yeah would you rather be entrenched in your understanding or would you be would you rather be open to really truly living
0: and finding and, the truth? and look that's it. That's that's what we're trying to say. It's like are you going to stay entrenched or would you just rather live open and growing, mm. which really is a discipleship question. I mean the the Greek word methetes, um, it means a student or a learner and we do need to do a podcast on discipleship. We need to start a, yeah, yeah. a series on discipleship, I think, but um, – you know, Mathilde is, is a student, a learner, and the inference is, in the original language, one who learns from another, who is experienced. So potentially, and I'm not – this isn't a new thought, I'm not the first one to say it, but certainly in Aussie culture, the, the probably the best cultural metaphor we've got for disciple would be apprentice – and any Star Wars fan yeah. <laughs> would probably be raving right they now. Yes, I, yeah. knew I knew it. I knew I was an apprentice. <laughs> um, but truly, and even probably thinking about the Star Wars movies and the Jedi, uh, yep, yep, that, that looks like it. Um, one who learns from someone more experienced. So when I did my apprenticeship, I mean, I looked up to the tradesmen like they mm. knew everything and you, you were expected to jump you when the tradesman told you to do something you did it and you did it the way he told you to do it and you held your mouth the way he told you to hold your mouth while you were doing it you know that that was the 1980s it's probably a bit different now but um you know I think back now to the way I do my trade still to this day when I work on vehicles those lessons are embedded mm. and um, you were expected to learn, You expe- like a bad apprentice, the only bad apprentice is an apprentice who won't learn because ultimately they're not really your apprentice. Mm. They don't want to learn from me and tradesmen would wipe an apprentice and just go, mate, you go talk to him. Don't come and ask me about your problems because I told you how to fix it and you didn't do it. Mm. You know, so um, disciples are so similar in that. And here's the issue is that um, if you add up, student learner possibly you could say teachable what is the essence of discipleship or being a disciple it's to be teachable Mm. that's it no more no less and that's why you know a woman who had seven demons cast out of her could easily fit with jesus inner circle disciples in mary and someone who was schooled and scholarly from a young age in the scriptures a pharisee could not be one mm. the only difference between the two
1: teachability. was
0: teachability yeah. and the fact is the pharisee really was positioned in life to be a far more effective mm. you know minister of Christ if 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 they converted and you know in that sense got with the program got with the kingdom um They could have been far more useful, but Jesus didn't pick them. Mm. And there was a reason they could never be a disciple by definition. They weren't teachable for the the bulk of them. You know, there were exceptions, but the bulk of them. And so, and certainly in the early churches, the spirit was poured out, just to be fair, many of them converted. So, uh, being teachable, being open is to be a disciple Mm. and And this raises the question of, can you be a Christian and not necessarily be a disciple? And I I think emphatically, yes. Mm. So if you determine Christian as of Christ, in Christ, I've believed with all my heart. You know, I think Jesus is the way. That's my conviction. In that sense, you could say you are Christian. Whether you're still learning or not, whether you're still open, whether you're ready to break down old structure that doesn't serve in this Mm. current generation or re-question some truths you've known to find a different way of articulating them, etc. that's all part of being a disciple, of Mm. being open, of being teachable, of learning. If you're open to have conversations with people who are different to you Mm. and instead of having to shoot them down, even using the Bible to cut them in two like as a young man I did, um not my proudest moment I can tell you now that I reflect on it but you know if if you can get away from that stuff then chances are you really are a disciple mm. you're open you're not you're not putting you know dipping into every dirty pool to oh and I was to just yourself say, up I think- but you're actually open to okay show me a better way
1: yeah and I think I think you like raise a good point there like oh do we just take on everything. So no, absolutely not. But yeah. I think we've got to trust the Holy Spirit's big enough to lead us through it and mm. to mm. if we if we kind of come to God with an open heart and hey, mm. you know, kind of is this something that I should pursue or is this yeah. you know, like really think on it and ponder it and be like Holy Spirit guide me. I think he's faithful enough and big enough to be able to lead you through it and and help you to recognize that's not healthy. Yeah, that's yeah. not healthy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And what is? So I guess it's a few questions maybe just to ask as we finish would be I mean, are you a disciple? Are you still? And, and maybe the question is, where are you learning? Where are you growing? Yeah, and if you great. can't identify something, it's something to think about. Yeah. And then the other question would be, how do we hold the truth? Do we hold it as a weapon mm. um, or do we hold it as something that's life-giving?
0: Great question. Gee, that's a great question. Repeat.
1: So I'm thinking, that is awesome. How do we hold the truth? Do we hold it as a weapon mm. or do we hold it as something that's life-giving?
0: Yeah, wow. So good.
1: Yeah. So are we wielding it in a way that's causing damage or are we wielding it in a way that's actually
0: building up? That edifies. Yeah. Th- that's it.
1: And from what I've noticing of building things up or building people up, you can't usually build them up if you smash them over the head with it. Yeah,
0: Yeah, those things are mutually exclusive You know, that you beat someone up with the truth and love them at the same time Mm. I think that's mutually exclusive I I love that, I think that's a great point to end on Great How do I hold the truth, as a weapon or as something that's life-giving? And I think if we hold it as life-giving, we'll never be far wrong
1: Yeah, so how are you holding
0: the truth? Hmm Ponder Upon It. A ponder Upon <laughs> It and uh, Tongue Speaker or Truth Seeker. Very good. Or both. Or both, yeah. 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 Some combination of that and a few other things, hopefully.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Great. Hey, well, we're so glad you've joined us today. Hopefully, it's been encouraging. Hopefully, it's been life-giving. Mm. And hopefully, we're on this journey of, becoming, of being disciples and learning together.
0: Hopefully, we'll see you next week.
1: That's right. All right. Have a good one. Hey, this is Joshua. Thanks for listening today. Leave a rating or review and join us next week as we discuss ancient art mashups. Not even sure what that really means, but I can guarantee it's going to be good. In the meantime, you can check out the New Hope podcast for preaching from Chris and Levi. Or just go book a holiday to Canada just to pass the time. Why not? It's what I did. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Bro, you really did book a holiday to
0: Canada too.